Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Uh, we've got some really interesting stories. I hope we, we're, we're going to start off with one um, that I hope makes everyone kind of think. Let's, let's see if we can kind of get into, um, you know, just kind of where we're going in tech, essentially. So well, it's this all started actually with one of my buddies. I'm going to shout him out. Billy Admire um, wanted to talk a little bit about the metaverse. So we got into this conversation around, yeah, you know, just tech, essentially everything we're going. Um, if you're not familiar with like what the metaverse is, essentially where virtual reality and augmented reality kind of come together, right? So thinking ready player one. Um, and then I came across um, the Pac-12 announcement that they have a new uh, content and licensing partnership with Recur, which is the technology company that designs and develops on-chain experiences, allowing fans uh, to buy, collect, and resell digital products. Uh, and within that, Veritone, who's an AI company, uh, is going to kind of help uh, package uh, these highlights within the way the Pac-12 does their NIL deal, yada, 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 right? So then I was like, all right, who is Recur and what is that, right? And then I realized that, you know, this this company that's doing these on-branded experiences just went through um, a seed round. Seed round of $50 million. Um, Steve Cohen played a huge part of it. Steve Cohen, the uh, now owner of the Mets. Um and it, what was interesting about it was him being the um, lead investor on this was actually his, um, uh, not his private equity firm, but it was actually his like his family fund that that invested in that. So anytime I think you see that, your ears kind of perk up, right? So then also the fact that he, um, Steve Cohen is going to serve on the on Recur's board. So then it it got me into thinking, like, how close are we into this? true idea of, of kind of walking around, not with like headsets on, right? Because that wouldn't make sense. It's too clunky. Then you saw Facebook come out with their kind of Ray-Ban style glasses that we've known for, what, about a year and a half or so. And then um, and then they decided to kind of rebrand them, make them more sexy, make them cooler. And so that's where I wanted to start today. I wanted to start with really just tech in, in, a, in general, right? I, I hit a couple things there that are quote-unquote sports tech stories. But um, I, I think this is always cool to start to kind of plot out, right? I, I think every time we see a video of the Boston Dynamics, we're like, how close are we to Terminator um, and, and things like that. But it feels like this is one of those where we're actually progressing faster than I think we thought we were of getting to a place where augmented reality, virtual reality, we've done a ton of stories on this podcast about how close we are. And it seems like now things are starting to pick up and, and obviously funding is moving that way too. Taylor, what'd you think about this? Well, I think about what you just threw out five different topics and then blended something back in. At the t what do you, which one do you want to talk about? You literally just went through five different things and then just asked me what I want to talk about. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Well, no. I'm, I, we're where do you want to? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with augmented reality? Do you want to start with the Pac-12 and the NFTs that are allowed and opened up with it Steve Cohen? So, what what direction do you want to go with? That was a lot. Well, wasn't that was a lot? Yeah, I mean, let's start there. I think. Um, yeah, we started with the Pac-12. We're gonna have another story very similar to this about packaging highlights, but. Um, 
pretty cool there, right? I think this is the I think this is the first league with the Pac-12 uh, doing something like this, where it's an NIL licensing program around NFT creation, um, and it's for men and women's sports. Uh, yeah, let's start there, man. What do you think about that? You'd be a journalist that would ask five different questions to an athlete and then ask them their thoughts after, and they'd be like, "Well, I, where do you want me to start?" That's 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 your journalism. It's good questions, though. Great topics. You've you've invigorated. You've 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 sparked my mind, Sterling. You're ready for me to jump into this discussion. I just need to know where to start off with. But with this Pac-12 um, exclusive licensing partnership that Recur has gotten uh, for their packaged NFTs, since now these players can make money on their likeness and have the opportunity to you know make a little coin on the side, and at the same time, you know, let's. Uh, Let's let's change this generational wealth out there as NFT market has boomed um, in the time span of COVID. So, no, I, I like where this is going and it's really creative. Just like the other exclusive NFT partnerships, the only thing that I really want to see out of this, even though you have Steve, Steve Cohen's family um, as major backers for this, uh, for Recur and uh, that technology company, but the biggest thing that I want to see is the true exclusivity. So I don't want to purchase a clip that I have within my own vault and holding on to it. And then you can see that same clip floating around the Internet. And I understand NFTs, folks, obviously have unique IDs. And so with that unique ID, it allows you to have uh, or it gives the value to whatever your NFT is. And so even though you might see a different highlight of, you know, the same highlight somewhere around the Internet, it doesn't have the uniqueness, which which gives you your value for your NFT. But at the same time, that's where I'm like, hey, if I bought Wu-Tang's exclusive album that that Martin Shkreli kid did, no one else can buy that. You'd have to come to me to get it. That's all I want to feel. I want to truly feel that exclusivity. But I like where this is going. And um, I was going to start the joke off for the fact that. I don't know if I can really trust this product because apparently Steve Cohen just likes to burn money and throw it away. If you're investing in the Mets, what they haven't won the World Series since 1986, and they're just out here throwing money for baseball bat for baseball players that are just in slumps, quote to speak, quote quote unquote, can't hit the ball, just likes giving money away. But I like that he is pumping money into it. How much money did he did he put into this, Sterling? Um, they actually did not break down um, what his lead investment was, uh, but again, it was a it was a Series A fifty million dollar raise for Recur. Yeah, I find that interesting. I mean, to your point, if you're follow, if you've been following OpenSea um, and all the like, you know, crypto monkeys that have been selling here um, and everything over the past, yeah, I mean, call it month, month and a half. This boom, some of it you can tell. Maybe there's a little market manipulation going on, but uh, it is cool that they're going to be able to do this from a true licensing kind of partnership. And then it's, you know, through the Pac-12. So it feels, um, it just feels different, right? It feels like this is something that's brand on brand and, and athletes are able to kind of take take a part of. What Let's let's jump into, yeah, let's do, let's do Facebook and then where I was kind of going with the, with the metaverse. What do you think is there? Do you feel like, I mean, have you seen the Facebook kind of Ray-Ban style glasses? I think they are called the Facebook Ray-Ban glasses. Um, are you kind of excited about that? Are Ray-Ban, yeah, Ray-Ban glasses. And do you feel like that's something that's going to move us faster into this, 
you know, this kind of augmented reality world where we've got like a, you know, a, a badge icon and we're jumping around and going from different place to place. So um, one of the uh, most innovative people of our our generation, I don't think that's that's an arguable fact, regardless of your feelings about him. But Mark Zuckerberg and his company have launched its first smart glasses recently, and this is aiming towards getting into the metaverse, which we're going to discuss here shortly. And what these glasses allow is that you can listen to music, take calls, capture photos, short videos. And um, obviously, like Sterling said, backed by uh, Ray-Ban's maker, Excelsior Luxotica. Luxotica, Luxotica, whatever. And I don't think you said that right, but that was a, it, it was a good attempt. It don't even matter. I'm just saying that the, the glasses, if you can make it look cool, if I can feel like Tony Stark, cool. I'm all for it. But what I'm not for, and this is going to lead into um, what we're we're talking with the metaverse is our, our big discussion. Do you really trust Mark Zuckerberg? It's not like he's Roy Halliday from the movie Ready Player One that just had genuine intentions, wanted people to come together, enjoy themselves. You know, originally when Facebook Messenger came out, you couldn't you needed to deliberately turn off your your locations because everybody was tracking you i'm not going down a rabbit hole i'm just saying from a lot of the things you've had them in front of the senate it seems like the data that they have collected has not been for the betterment of those that use um you know specific i mean it is it's facebook and so that's just my only question i think it's super cool but zucks been a been a big question mark around him lately. Let's be I'm gonna be honest. You might not you might not agree. Somebody if you if you don't agree, hit us at Twitter. What's our what's the Twitter, Sterling? At Sports Tech Atlanta. But that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I think um the tough thing to your point, right? If if this is truly if we're truly kind of moving faster than I think we thought we were into um, what could be like a metaverse, right? Is supposed to be a communal cyberspace. And if Facebook is a leader and tech giants are supposed to kind of come together for this, do you trust them with your data, with your location and all those type of things to, to go around it? I, I mean, I think some people are just going to say like, screw it. Like, yeah, like we're like, whatever. Like I, I look at that sometimes I'm like, Google just has all of my information and I'm, I'm, in a way, okay with that at this point, right? Like I'm not like nothing's changing with that. Mm -hmm. um, but it is. I, I, I trust. I trust Google more than I trust Facebook. That's just me. Well, I think at some point, right? They have to. They're going to have to all. I mean, however, they come together for the. I don't even right. know if you call this a betterment of humanity. This is more just entertainment. This does really nothing to fuel society in a really positive way, except for continuing the digital interactions that we've currently had and mm -hmm. it's giving you if you're familiar already with minecraft uh roblox yeah it's um, like Sim games, City. yeah game games like that where uh you you have that virtual open world so to speak that you can interact with other people but it's more so and it's, it's like 2d rudimentary a little bit right now and obviously as it, this gets better like we've talked about with Ready Player One, if you haven't seen it, just Google it real quick so you can understand where we're coming from. That's going to be the virtual world that you're creating. But 
the cool thing that you're going to have with metaverse at the moment is that you can take that ar and have it interact with your real world through your camera and whatever your avatar is or whatever you're, you're looking or trying to place into your real world space so i think that's a, another added fact with metaverse that's um pretty cool but yeah you know you're gonna have to have collaboration against the with the tech giants and the biggest thing that is hard out there for these companies obviously is proprietary information that you want to continue to maintain control over and giving up that control um is that going to happen? I don't know. You know, drop your comments to us at Sports Tech Atlanta. So I, I think that's going to be the biggest question of privacy, security, and do they actually all come together to make decisions that will better those that use the product instead of forwarding the revenue streams of these current companies? Because let's look at Facebook. The biggest way that they make revenue is off of advertisements. So am I going to be wearing Facebook's goggles and I want to take a picture, but I have to watch a five second ad before I can take the picture. I don't want to deal with that. And we know that they're going to, you have to incorporate ads some way. So how are they going to do that? I, I don't feel, I mean, you already well, I think if you're a, in, if you're in augmented reality or virtual reality, right. It would just, I mean, it I would know. just be there, right? Like that you would just, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. You would, con I assume you would constantly see different ads everywhere. We already had Jake from State Farm in NBA 2K, and everybody loved it. But then no one else was thinking, like, "Dang, this is out. This is it's advertising is getting to. It's getting so good that some people can't even discern that they're being marketed to. They think it's just entertainment. Like, oh, it's just Jake from State Farm. No, no, not at all. You would never see that in a in a basket. It should never be incorporated into my time and my life. I don't have State Farm. What if I have the competitor? Like it's, it's, that's where we're getting to, but it's blended in so well. And I think it's really funny. South Park are obviously made fun of fun of ads and that people can't tell what's an ad and what's not an ad, but you already, if you have a, a smart TV, some of these smart TVs, or if you have a smart uh, not computer, but printer, possibly washer, dryer, uh, laundry, clothes washer. Gosh, I don't know. I just blanked out on, on washing machine. But sometimes even to use the apps, you have to go through an ad. So right. they're throwing all these ads to get those revenue dollars. And I hope it's an honest attempt at a free world that minimizes your exposure to just being constantly marketed to. And um, I think a lot of us old school folks, I know you're excited about this. I don't know from our age group how many will constantly play. I think you'll obviously try it out and play, but but sticking around and being as consistent on here as you see with the Gen Z crowd and like, you know, how TikTok has boomed and but I think it's interesting because it's a word it's a true like it's another it's all it's an alternative world, right? And I think if you could I think if I could wear glasses mm -hmm. look like like look like the ones that Facebook has and I mm -hmm. could just be immersed into somewhere else. I think a lot of people would take that, man. You, I mean, especially if you're at home, you're on zoom all day, you're tired. You're like, ah, oh, do I want to like sit on the couch and watch TV? Do I want to walk around and like pop into a bar? Or do I just want to like sit here and be mind? Like you can be mindless and get the same kind of entertainment, right? It's like black mirror. It's the multiple black mirror stories. Right. And I think that's yeah, the thing right. that's super interesting in my perspective is like so many one i think people are just lazy in general right but people want to just go somewhere else right 
That's why drugs and alcohol and nightlife, right? That's why basketball courts. Hey, go go play that pickup basketball. Go to the gym, you know? No, I mean? but you have to be realistic about these things, right? This is why I think it's interesting that these stories are kind of linked together. These investments are coming in. And then on the heels of it, to your point, Facebook is revamped and relaunched their glasses um, all in an attempt to move forward into something that I think is truly real, which is like a real, you know, a real kind of world where people can just kind of be immersed in and, and you know, what to your point, what, it, what does it look like? You know, what's pushed in front of you, things like that. That's a little scary, but I do think we're closer than I closer than I thought we were as I started looking into this what over the last week or so. Yeah, no, I, I think we are close. Like you, I, I agree with everything you just said there. We closer, we're closer than what we thought we were, but here's the, the thing that I think the trouble is going to come with when they continue to roll this out. This needs to be ready for the 21st century consumer. And what that means, what I, what I think personally from that is that if it's not a product that already allows you to have the same comforts or um, same feel for whatever gaming system you're currently using, it's going to turn you off. So you're not going to stick here and ride out, you know, until you get to update 30. And now we're we're in a 3D world and everything is up to the standards that I'm used to because it takes a lot of compute power to run the the servers that you're going to have to run obviously because these are always always on these are 24 7 virtual virtual worlds so whichever data centers that these are in it's got to be up to speed for the coding that they're going to be doing so that you're not going back and feeling like you're playing a 1995 video game you know what i mean so if that does happen you're in my opinion i think some people are just gonna be like you know what i'll come back when it's better but then that could fail the rollout because you're not getting that loyal fan base and, or that recurring fan base. So maybe I don't understand how many people are playing video games. I understand you have all these tournaments out there. You have, I think in Maryland or something, they're building a brand new um, or Baltimore, sorry, brand new esports arena. But that's still live interaction and not just truly virtual. So it needs to be done well. And if not done well, you might have this backtrack and be put back on the shelf for another 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. No, it's super interesting. So it's, um, but no, definitely check it out. Definitely check out Recur. Definitely uh, look into what the Pac-12 is doing with the NFTs uh, and everything that, that is coming down the pipeline there, as well as the uh, Facebook Ray-Ban glasses. Uh, next one we have, I mean, I think this is pretty cool. This one, mm-hmm. this one irked me because I, there's, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's times where I'll get bored. I'll be sitting there and I'm like, man, I'm just going to like Google a play I had and see if I can like find it on YouTube. Right. And the tough thing is I'm going to date myself just a little bit. YouTube is YouTube is big, but like people weren't using it in the same way that we do now. And the same thing, Twitter just started and all that type of stuff. Anyways. um, So press sports um has started this like social network really for athletes and and it started kind of around baseball so uh two former amateur baseball players conrad cornell and drew williams uh wanted to create really a platform for athletes to be able to post their highlights and really they like throughout their careers um and obviously with new nil and the ability to monetize off of it um 
they've now started to take off. They just got a $1.5 million raise, a seed, I believe a, a seed raise here uh, for this app, which is pretty cool. It's like a TikTok with highlights uh, of what you're doing within sports, right? And obviously you have Instagram for it, you have Twitter for it, but it'd be amazing to have one central place that you can do this. Uh, and so really cool what Press Sports is trying to do here particularly in baseball, which is a sport that doesn't get covered in the same way, especially from a highlight perspective, uh, that like a basketball or football does uh, for the main three there. What do you think about this one? No, I think this is really cool. And like you said, with a lot of players that are in college that don't have um, the same videography crew that you know the higher schools might have and being able to package up their highlights and plays and you know have it searched Google Google search searchable by Google. Um, or Bing. Let's not let's not forget about Bing and Yahoo. Those are still out there. Those are those. Let's knock the dust off of those. You know what? Uh, strangely, I did an audit on Bing recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dumbfounded to see how many people still use Bing as a search engine. Just so I had cool. it. I had it set as my home screen on uh, my last computer. I don't on I Safari, mean, that, and then I stopped using Safari, and then I was just on Google Chrome. Well, that just seems. I wanted Straight. to give some love to Bing because it just sits it just sits out there. It's like MySpace, you know. Everybody you gotta show some love. MySpace was still the old MySpace, but it's just back there. It's still there, still running, still kicking. But yeah, no, I, I think this is cool. And I, I really want to see an update on how this is going to be ran, uh, to be run. Apologize, uh, apologies there, because when I was trying to read up a little bit more on it and um, you know, how the highlights are going to be packaged, like, are you going to have to get the, you know, the live cut video from your, whatever was recorded and then do it yourself. Is it going to be packaged up so that um, it can be feeds and videos can be cut up by video departments, regardless of the size, like a lot easier so that, you know, Sterling, you you have a good connect with somebody in the videography. Like, hey, can you just send me a video from send me like a quick cut from uh, you know second inning, my second at bat? Can you just send me send me all of that or whatever? And being able to package that, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to just think this out. But how are how are you going to be able to players going to be able to package this up so they can make these highlights because they can't just have their phone out there, you know, in the same TikTok fashion because that's how this feed is supposed to look. So that'll be just. Re- I'm just interested in that standpoint. But uh, I, I like the initial idea and, and what they've already raised, which was 1.5 million, like you said. And um, yeah, it's really cool. It, it, it fills a void for a lot of these players that don't have the packaged highlights from random people on YouTube, like your Tavon Austin and, and the bigger names. Just threw that out there because he has the, the greatest highlight tape, I think, of a high school or sorry, college player. It's, it's electric. Absolutely electric. Yes, I know Reggie Bush. I was going to say, I think Reggie Bush. The Tavon Austin tape, the way it was done, just ridiculous. But I like this. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's a great point, right? I think there's so many different ways now that practices are being recorded, games are being recorded. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I mean, it's a great point, right? I'm, I'm, there's probably going to be ways that athletes are going to have to secure some of their own video footage. Um, but at least having a, a central place where they can post it and do different things with it uh, is super cool. Again, you know. Like there was one play I made at Louisville and I'm like, man, if I can just like, I just want to, I honestly, I've never seen it. So I was like, man, I want to see it. Um, so yeah, really cool there. And again, shout out to what press sports is doing. Um, and the two uh, founders there, Conrad Cornell and Drew Williams.
So last one here that we'll hit is um, I, I, it's always interesting when you see something and it's, it's Jordan branded. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Michael Jordan actually has his own venture company that fo- specially or should say specializes in uh, really golf industry and golf technology uh, called Black Cat Ventures. So they had a strategic uh, investment into V1 Sports, which is a leader in video analysis software and mobile apps. Um, really cool. I mean, you've seen multiple kind of golf apps very similar to this, but you know, be able to place your phone down, video yourself, and then get real um ai feedback on you know your stance your swing uh, and and things of that nature so uh, really cool here but i think the thing that i kept kind of going back to was jordan being involved in it right and having his own fund we've always known that he was into golf but being able to now um really dive into golf technology and really move it forward um and highlight some of these you know these platforms that are out there that um you know, maybe haven't really seen the, the light of day because the interesting part about this one, this has been this company has been around for about 26 years. So Jordan being able to see kind of where they're going, some of the properties that they have, and then investing in it, I think is really cool. What do you think about this one, Taylor? Let me ask you one thing on the side. Mm-hmm. Is this the most recognizable intro of all time when it comes to when it comes to the sporting world? Like it doesn't matter. I feel like everybody knows when they hear this. Of course. Most recognizable? I think that or the NBC, NBC on NBA intro. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. NBC on NBA. I think the NBC on NBA intro is the most recognizable. Obviously, the Nelly does the song on top of it, which kind of like yeah. goes crazy. Yeah. But that one, obviously, like when you hear the Bulls intro music, the only thing that you're thinking of is like at guard number twenty three from North Carolina. And I think if you played that, I, I want to. I would love for like DJs around the country just to film it, like as a new challenge. Just play the Bulls theme and then see what happens, like in the crowd. Every a good portion of dudes are just gonna start getting, oh, uh oh, like start bouncing actual, up and down. Like, do you know who who made that song? Is it an actual song? Oh no, I no idea. But it's just synonymous. It's Jordan. Um, but it's the first thing I think about every time I hear the name and when this man continues to put money. Um, in projects that I absolutely love. He doesn't miss. I wish I could get on this in this Jordan on this Jordan team, but I think from one thing Well that's why uh, he has like a 50 foot yacht now. Sorry. Go ahead. He does. And then he goes out here fishing for for Marlin and just just living the life. The best thing about being in his position, he just puts people underneath him to make the right decisions. He finds signs off it on the end. But uh, no, Jordan has has made some some good ventures and um, what Black Cat Ventures is doing and for and also with the golf technology, I, I just think that Jordan doesn't miss. That's that's all I can say. Jordan don't miss projects. Everything he they invest in. It's golden. Um, yeah, it's super cool. I'm going to do a quick thing of v1 and then we're gonna hit a couple of games here because we have to make fun of uconn you have a point so, go ahead so but does v1 come with because what this does it it helps your your swing and, and analyzes your swing mm-hmm. so that you can be better at golf does it does, does it come with the um selfie stick that you know that you can you prop up or is it something that you just have to work out yourself because that'd be awesome if it came along with it or just something to help stabilize so that you're just 
not out here trying to fit your phone in on your golf bag in between clubs or something like it could come with a clip that you can use because I think it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great idea. And um, obviously there's other things that are out there, but what this is going to do is help improve your score and improve your swing um, with, with a greater analytical breakdown uh, as it tracks your swing. I just kind of, yeah, it doesn't, to my knowledge does not come with the, um, with the selfie stick. They have multiple kind of like properties or sports that they work on with this. Right. I mean, they're, they're trying to be able to analyze and really create like a, a, a coaching system or coaching ecosystem where you're able to get real time feedback. As far as the V1 golf, uh, app goes, it is essentially breaking down your video with video analysis. So it's improving your swing and then also giving you like GPS stats and app and auto shot tracking uh, to help improve your score. So um, yeah, I think a really cool thing here. Um, Harold Varner also a a part of this shout out. He's part of the Jordan team, Jordan golf team. Um, So something super cool out there. So if you're looking to improve your game, definitely check this out and check out this new platform. Um, Before we talk, UConn, IU. Have you watched Eli and Peyton? What are your thoughts? I think they're it's good. I, I really haven't tuned in fully, but let me tell you, the response on social media has been a knockout. And now that ESPN has struck gold with the Eli with the Pey- sorry with the Manning brothers, we are now going to see them on thirty different segments across twenty four hours worth of sports coverage somehow. Uh, on I think they have it negotiated that they will not. It was interesting. I was listening to Levitard as you say that. Um, the whole Max and Stephen A. Smith thing is. I don't think anyone outside of Levitard's like really dove, like dove into that subject. Right. It was so interesting that Stephen A. Smith was like, "Yeah, I, I wanted him off the show." Right. So crazy. But now Max is going to be working all the time. And to your point, when. I think when those type of networks see that they have an asset, it's like, well, where can we plug them and where can we put them and yada, yada, yada. It's awful. To my knowledge, though, Peyton and Eli are not going to be doing that. Well, because they have enough money and they are who they are. We don't need you. You need us. So right. we will dictate what we want to do. And so I'm having fun with this. And when it's no longer fun, they will stop. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I think they had – at one point, right? Like 1.8 million people watching last year, last week, uh, maybe or something like that. So uh, it was up um, maybe a little bit less. It was like up 32% from uh, week over week. I think they had 800,000. So do that math. Um, but yeah, pretty, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. It's one of those things where I'm, I think alternative broadcasts are, are what people kind of want to see, right? You want to, I don't need a, three-man booth talking to me about the game because I I see most of what's going on and like I just can decipher it. And if I need something broken down to me, it's probably on Twitter. Um, and it's just way more entertaining to watch the game and have something lighthearted or funny or an interesting interview or something like that alongside of it or, or people doing a different type of broadcast. And it made me think about baseball a ton where baseball is so stuck and only catering towards like this demographic that's aging out and it's older and games are so boring uh, and how to make that more, more fun. I have no idea how to do that, but it made, it just makes me continue to think about that. Um, all right. So it's been a kind of a running thing here. First couple of weeks here. <laughs> 
<laughs> on one side, I feel bad for you, right? Because you guys, can I do a quick rant? Do you, or is that okay? Can I do a quick UConn rant? We're already we're already over time, Sterling. So we we have no we 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 got to cut the episode. We're I'm gonna do a quick time. I'm gonna do a quick UConn rant. We're over time. What is unfortunate for you being a a person that played there has pride there, had some really good moments there, and were a part of the last team to go to a big time bowl and the Fiesta Bowl in 2010 is that it's what doesn't get brought up is the fact that I can say this, you can't say this, is that the coaches that came, obviously Etzel leaving the way that he did, not going to say that out loud, but the way that he leaves, what that does to the program, the new AD that came from like, he was the associate of Michigan, whatever he comes, doesn't understand the market, Boston, the whole Boston college thing and getting blocked by ESPN, not going to the ACC. And then Paul Pascalani coming in and then um, what, whatever, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator coming in. All, all of those things, right? Like those people don't get enough blame for what has happened. And, and what's unfortunate is people just start, you know, lambasting UConn as like this program right now and not understanding the path that really over the last decade since Randy Etzel left in the middle of the night – of what's happened to UConn football, which is unfortunate, right? Especially for, I mean, there's so many people still in the NFL from those early kind of UConn years when you were there and maybe a little bit before, right? Um, that have so much stock into it. So it stinks to see everything going on. I say that leading up mm -hmm. to the fact that Wyoming is a 29 point favorite going into today at UConn. Um, what are what are your thoughts there? Hey, we're always underdogs. When you're always an underdog, that means you got nothing to lose. So you got to come out there, sling it, grip it, and rip it. That's all you got to do, and hopefully play some defense. That's really all I care about. Play some defense. But no, no, that's uh, that's really well. It's really well said. I mean, you have to look at all the hires. I think Paul Pascaloni was not a good hire. Um, I don't care about saying that. Um, even though he came in, it was one of those you you don't change with the times. And I understand he had a, the success and philosophy that he had at Syracuse, but Jeff Hathaway, and that's really the biggest name who was the AD before Ward Manuel. I thought, I thought Ward was a good AD, just he had a better opportunity to go um, to Michigan. And he was the one that fired Pascaloni. And um, Jeff Hathaway was the one, I think he, he knew what he was doing by hiring Pascaloni. And I think he also thought that by letting Kevin Ollie stay as coach, that Kevin Ollie wouldn't have had the initial success that he did, but then obviously Kevin Ollie backslid. I think he was upset with what UConn did and making him or pushing him out or how he left. And cause you don't make a hire with a coach that was good in 1991. Um, and then on top of that really hasn't shown great success even though he was a dc at a point for dallas cowboys but the dallas cowboys were never in the playoffs so why are you going to elevate somebody that really has been marginal um you know in the the highest league so yeah it, the, the the coaching hires that came after I, I think bob diaco had his shortcomings but at least you were he he put together a team that was competitive out on the field and to the point where right now you know you're 29 point you know, underdogs to, to Wyoming, you were 34, the spread was 34 to, to army. And, and it's okay to be one underestimated by Vegas. I, Cause you don't have to put stock in that, like at the beginning of the season, cause obviously they haven't seen the team for an entire year, 
but then you come out and then you do have that you lay an egg at Fresno. You can kind of say if you want to put it that way, but then Fresno, you know, shows that they are legit in beating UCLA. UCLA is still up for debate when I have that combo later, but yeah, I, I think everything you said was well, well put um, for how a program gets to where it is now. But although it's been really, really tough in the past five ish years, somewhere around there, five or six where it's been yeah. tough. Um, people still forget like there are terrible college teams before then, but they just didn't have social media to exacerbate the issues that you see in pro in, in, in the program. Like if San Jose or New Mexico state, if there was Twitter back through early 2000s, all the way up to nine, I mean, Kansas is just lucky that their basketball program and they're in the middle of Kansas. So, uh, and there are very historic Kansas. Like Kansas had, did you know, Kansas has only had two winning seasons in 20 years. That makes sense. Yeah. Like they're historically terrible programs, but the way that UConn is losing at the moment, that's the unacceptable part. And that's where everybody can just tag and tag on and just rag about what has been, what has transpired because you can't be out here losing in the third quarter, 49 to zero uh, to a triple option team. It's no disrespect to army. It's just the the triple option isn't, isn't a prolific Mm -hmm. scoring offense. So uh wyoming hey they better come to play in the rent rent still gets loud for all the fans that do show up and we always appreciate you uconn will be back yeah no well said um well said um okay quickly these four games here uconn wyoming wyoming like you said 29 point favorite are you taking uconn or well what's your thought there say that one more time are you t- are you taking UConn to cover? What is your what is your thought there? Uh, I'm not giving any predict predictions or for for UConn game because anything that I say, I don't want to throw a jinx on it. So I will refrain. I plead the fifth. Fair, fair. I'm gonna say uh, Wyoming covers. Um, all right, Indiana, Western Kentucky, Indiana favored by nine. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Western Kentucky's reeling. You know, their DC left to South Carolina in this past year, so I think it's still a, a solid team. But um, Indiana's looking for the bounce back as well. Maybe the Hoosiers found out they weren't as good as they thought they were. It's no shot, just saying. And I, I think they have a, a game and they do cover. Yeah, I think Indiana covers. Uh, last two. Texas A&M at Arkansas. Texas A&M is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you got there? Who's five-and-a-half-point favorites? Texas A&M. Who are they playing? Arkansas. Who's five-and-a-half? Texas A&M. Arkansas. Take the points. Take the points. For who? If Texas A&M is the favorites, taking the points means Arkansas will. Not always what that means. It, it is. It, it, it is. Arkansas. Not always not, what that means. Will not lose by more than five points. I think they, I actually might go money line Arkansas. They are hot. Hot, hot, baby. I'm not doing that, but I actually do think Arkansas covers. Um, last one, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame. I'm actually shocked by this. Notre Dame, uh, Wisconsin's favorite six and a half. It's at Wisconsin. I think that's fair because you know what type of ball you're getting. And for, I think, the best defender in Kyle Hamilton in the nation for Notre Dame, I don't think he has a lot of chances 
to make a huge impact like he has in the back end um, as Notre Dame, or sorry, as Wisconsin likes to set the tempo. So I, I actually do like that going into camp. Randall, what time? It, you know, I, I don't know the time. It's probably a three thirty ish noon noon kickoff Ooh. on Fox, baby. We got a little Gus Johnson. Ooh, okay, that changes it a little. I was thinking. Speaking of, shout out Gus Johnson, uh, Talib. Is that right? No, keep Talib. You're about to say Talib Kwali. That is. Was I? You, you were. I felt like you were heading that direction because you said said Talib first, and his last <laughs> name is Talib, so, and his first name is Akib. So this is not. Uh, the but ra- not the rap. They were. They were awesome if you were watching the Arizona uh, Vikings game, which is a crazy mm-hmm. game. Kyler Murray is insane. But uh, that was just a fun – they're a fun tandem. I know they're not going to do it every week because they got Johnson on Fox as we're talking, but uh, shout-out to them being in the booth together. Um, all right, so you're taking Wisconsin. I've actually got Wisconsin too. I've got some Notre Dame friends, but I think Wisconsin covers. And uh, that'll round it out. So we'll uh, – as always – We'll we'll check in on UConn and see how they're doing, uh, but we appreciate it. Uh, continue to listen, rate, subscribe, um, and you can find me at Steemac, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and Taylor at Taylor Mac twenty nine. And we'll see you in the next edition of Sports Tech Land to see talk.